We'll praise God. Praise God for another time, another day that we are getting into the Word of God. Uh, I got some people that will be coming on, and what I would like to do is just go ahead and uh, get something going here. I'm going to go ahead and do this, do a live, do a live uh, Facebook. Hallelujah! I'm just going to just going to just go ahead and try it out. I think the recording has already started. So praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Here we go. Praise God. Go live. Amen. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Go live. Locate this on me. Hallelujah. Well, there we go. Go live. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to try this out. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, trying to reconnect. I don't know what's going on. It ended me, and now I'm going to see if we can get back on here. I know we're going to lose that for 30 days. We're going to try it again, and then it doesn't work. Well, let's move on. Hallelujah. Let's try it now. Go now. Three, two, one. Let's see. Let's see. Are we going live right now? Starting live broadcast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're starting our live broadcast today. And today I want to talk to everyone about the wonder-working power of the blessing. I've been on this series for a long time, so it's been a while since I've actually come come on live on Facebook. But I might as well go ahead and start today. And so in some of the churches where I have been preaching, I have actually, well, just finishing off again. So I tell you what, I'm just going to just move on, move on. All right, well, that didn't work out today. So we've been talking about the wonder-working power of the blood. And I just wanted to share something here. The overcomer's life for every believer is in the blood of Jesus. Let me say that one more time. The overcomer's life for every believer is in the blood. Hallelujah. Christ has conquered Satan and defeated him in every area of our lives so that we can rise as victors in Christ Jesus. Never again must believers go down in defeat but rise up to the position or place where God has exalted them. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, that God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been raised up because Jesus has been raised up. We have ascended 
because Christ has ascended, right? We have been exalted to a place of seated in heavenly realms in him because Jesus has been exalted to a place of seating. We now have joint seating, or we are now, he has, he has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So we now have joint seating with Christ, and now we're heirs of God. Hallelujah. We've been talking about this for a while now. In Romans chapter 5, Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to get into the Word. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 through 11, has pretty much been our theme verse. It says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now, notice this, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So Christ died for sinners. Amen. So justified, justification, another word is just as though you've never sinned. Justified means you have been declared righteous. And the only way I can be declared righteous is through the blood. The, the only way I can be I can de be declared righteous is through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. No other way. No other way. No other way. So in Romans 5, 1, the word says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, once you come into fellowship, there is peace again. Amen? Our peace, our fellowship has been restored to so I have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. I have been restored back into right relations with the Father through his Son. I can now fellowship with the Father because of the finished work of Jesus. The finished work of Jesus will never go down in defeat. It's a good thing. Now, now that we have that understanding, the base under the base of the blood of Jesus. Remember, the blood of Jesus is the basis for everything that we receive from God. It's through his blood. Now, I want to talk to you today about the blood still speaks. The blood. In Hebrews chapter twelve, 
verse 24, the word of God declares, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Well, why does it say that the blood of Jesus, the, the, the blood of sprinkling, speaks better things than that of Abel? Well, if we go back to Genesis chapter 4, if you remember, Cain was the brother of Abel. If you remember, he killed his brother. He killed his brother in the field, which was so sad. He turned on his brother, killed him. And the Bible says that God confronted Abel and that horrible thing. I mean, think about it. Cain committed mass mayhem on his brother. And he said, where is your brother, where is your, where is your brother Abel? And he says, the voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. I want you to think about that. I never, you know, I, I never knew that in my life that blood can still speak. But, you know, I think about over the years, think about this shedding of innocent blood. Think about people who were killed. Think about families who were slaughtered. Think about people in wars who have died or perished in their blood pretty much was shed. The Bible says in Leviticus 17 verse 11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so God told Cain that your brother Abel's blood is crying to me, my Lord. Think about all the abortions. I want you to think about the abortions that have been committed. Think about the, the shedding of innocent blood in abortion and how the blood of those babies are crying out to God. Oh, Lord. See, this is one of the reasons why America is in a lot of trouble, because all that blood now that has been rising up to God has been crying out to him over abortion, my Lord. And he said, your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now, if his blood, brother's blood was crying to God from the ground, much more than Jesus' blood speaks better things than that of Abel, I would say. So what has Jesus' blood said about our lives? Amen? Well, we have been justified by his blood. Amen? I just read it to you. So the blood of Jesus has declared that we're now righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. We have now been made the righteousness of God in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the blood of Jesus has declared me righteous. Amen. Jesus' blood, the blood of sprinkling, the blood of sprinkling has spoke better things. And to the blood of sprinkling and speak of better things than that of Abel. Jesus' blood has declared me righteous. What else has the blood of Jesus declared me? Hallelujah. In Ephesians 1, verse 7, the word of God declares, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And I think if we come over to Colossians chapter We come over to Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So not only has the blood of Jesus declared me righteous, but the blood of Jesus has declared me forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it. That's it. You have been made righteous. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And you have been declared forgiven. So let me just share something a little bit about right, the righteousness of God. You see, righteousness is not based on your works. Did you hear me? Righteousness is not based on what I do, but how I was made. The righteousness of God. I, I could not spend, if I was a wealthy man, I could not spend all of the wealth in the world and make me righteous. And not only that, but when you walk in righteousness, your prayers are heard. Amen. There's an assurance. And so, understanding that, that we have forgiveness. Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. Word of God declares, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word just is righteous. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let's go to verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. The word says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. We understand that. So we have been cleansed. 
not only just our past, not only just our present, but also our future. But we still must confess your sins to God if you sin every day, okay? You just can't say, well, since all my sins is forgiven, past, present, and future, I don't need to do. No, no, no. Okay? Tomorrow has not come yet. But still, we still have to walk before God. So, amen. So through the rights, through the blood of Jesus, we've been declared righteous, and we also have been Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. Now the blood is speaking over our lives. See, this is one of the reasons why the Bible says in, in Revelation twelve eleven mm. that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. I'm an overcomer through the blood of Jesus. No, no other way. And that blood still speaks for me. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So I am a new creation. The blood of Jesus is what made me a new creature unto God. Amen? I am a new creation. Verse 18 says, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So I have been reconciled through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Let's talk about the mercy seat right now. You know, when God would come down in the Old Testament time, you had the high priest, which Aaron was the high priest. Aaron, the high priest, would have to go in, or even after he was deceased, yet others that stepped in in the Levitical priesthood as a high priest that, that went in with the blood. So the Old Testament was a sacrificial, was a sacrificial blood of wolves and goats. But it says Jesus entered in once into the holy place. Now, see, that's where the high priest would go. They would go once into the holy place. And once they would go into the holy place, what they would do was they would, um, you know, they would lay the blood. So what did Jesus do? Did he ascend to heaven? A lot of people believe that after he died, he went to heaven and came back. Do you remember when uh, Mary was in the was at the tomb of Jesus when Jesus was risen from the dead? And Jesus spoke to her, but he didn't even know it was her. He said, woman, why weepest? Why are you crying? Whom do you, whom you, whom, who, who do you see? Who are you looking for? And she supposed him to be a gardener in, in John chapter 20, verse 15. She supposed him to be the gardener and saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast born him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. 
she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, Touch me not, Mary. You will not touch me, Mary, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. I want you to think about that. Mary was getting ready to touch Jesus. Now think about it. Do not touch me. <laughs> right? But then later on, the scripture says in verse 19, and Jesus came in and stood in their midst and said, says in verse 19, then the same day at the at evening, being the first day of the week, when the disciples were sh were shut, where the where the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, What? Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto him his hands and his side, and they were glad, right? But notice what he said. I think there's one verse he said, handle me. See, there's flesh, does the does does spirit have flesh and bones? I'm correct. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come on, handle me. They were they were surprised. They were really surprised. And so with that being said, after now most scholars believe that Jesus did have to send to heaven to lay the blood on the mercy seat. But it doesn't say that. But according to the word of God, the Bible said that he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So the veil is now rent, and now we can come to God ourselves. Amen. So we talked about last time that the blood of Jesus, verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heaven sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats only was able to take care of the out. The blood of Jesus was only able to cover your sin. The blood of bulls and goats came. But now in the new covenant, Jesus shed blood, had the ability to purge our conscience from dead works, to serve the living God, meaning that we are now free indeed. Amen. Our sins are washed away inward as well as outward. Jesus also was bruised inside. Amen. Bless the Lord. 
we come over to Hebrews chapter 13, we talked about the everlasting blood covenant. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. It says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So this blood, the blood of the everlasting covenant, has availed to us many precious promises. But it was all through the blood of Jesus. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 says, let's look at verse 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus. You see, we can never exhaust the blood. Because that blood still speaks today on my behalf. If I was to sin, that blood speaks today. You see, the devil has, doesn't have a right into heaven. He doesn't have a right into my life. That blood speaks on my behalf. The blood of Jesus Christ has declared, it says, not only am I justified, but I am sanctified, I'm delivered, I'm healed, I'm blessed, I'm prosperous. That's what the blood of Jesus speaks. Everything that the enemy would say opposite of the blood, the Holy Spirit doesn't honor because the Holy Spirit honors the blood. Again, I'm going to read Revelation 12, verse 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. The word of their testimony. So they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, and they also overcome, overcame Satan by the word of their testimony. What is the word of your testimony? The word of your testimony is that which is, is that which has been accomplished through the finished work of Jesus. That's the blood of my testimony. I mean, a lot of people have a testimony how their life was, but your life should testify to that which Christ has done in your life through his shed blood. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer. You are an overcomer through the blood of Jesus. And there is nothing Satan can do to get through that blood. The blood of Jesus is our protection. Amen? The blood of Jesus has become our covering. Mm. Really, the blood of Jesus is our everything. Are you still here? Amen. 
Somebody say right now the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. Let me hear you. The wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus works wonders. There's salvation in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There's restoration in the blood of Jesus. There is the, the Zoe life that's in the blood of Jesus. Deliverance in the blood of Jesus. Restoration, wholeness. Everything that we need is in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is what makes us whole. The blood of Jesus is what makes us complete. Now, for those that have come under an attack of witchcraft, the blood of Jesus can deliver. Andalabasata. In Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat. <clears throat> this is my body. <clears throat> and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. So he took the cup, which was full of wine, and he said, drink all of this. But this is my blood of the New Testament, of the New Covenant, which is shared for many for the remission of sin. So I want you to think about this. In Hebrews chapter 10, Notice in verse 16, it says, And this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Notice what he says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Under the new covenant, God does not remember your sins or your iniquities. Under the old covenant, our sins was just covered, but my sin was still there. Me representing sin and the blood covering of bulls and goats. This is how my sin was. It was just a covering. But guess what now? The blood of Jesus cleanses and washes away all my sins and tell us no more sin. I'm all clean. I'm white. I'm pure. Amen. That's why under the new covenant, he does not remember your sin anymore. 
you know, I used to remember when I was coming up in church, I used to hear a lot of the, the old those said that are passed on now. They would say that your sins are now in the sea of forgetfulness. And I said, you know, that sounds pretty good, and but you know what? I cannot find that. If that if somebody can find that for me, please let me know. The sea of forgetfulness. Hasn't God forgotten our sin? Yes. Is there a sea of forgetfulness? I don't know. I've never seen it in the Word, but if it is there, please somebody let me know. I'll read it. Like one preacher said, I'll put salt on it and I'll eat it. But, hallelujah. So, the sea of forgetfulness. Excuse me. Your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of, of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Verse 20, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So we now have entered in through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Any questions so far? Anybody want to laugh? You're doing yes. great. Okay. I love, I'm loving it. It's. I just. I. Um. Let's see. I like that you said under the covenant our sins are covered. I really like that point. And um. And um. It, the blood is our protection, our covering. So I really like that. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, Mary, you're right. You see, see, God doesn't remember our sins no more under the new covenant. Um, it doesn't matter. It's, it's gone. It's history. So when we go to God and say, well, God, remember what I did ten, five years ago? God says, what, what's it? Oh, come on, God. You know, I'm talking about the time God says, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm talking about the time that I did this and that, you know, and I went over here and, you know, I actually I did it. God says, I don't remember that. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah. See, that's why when God forgives, he forgets. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should do, too, and give people grace. Yep. If God can so, forgive us, we can forgive Amen. It's his ability and it's to forgive. Amen. So having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in because of the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. So the blood of God, the blood of Jesus has made us an inheritor. Now, look at Acts chapter 20. I'm going to read something to you, verse 28. And this is something that you've never heard before, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over to which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. To feed the church of God, which you have purchased with his own blood. So if you are the church today and you have truly been born again, you have been purchased 
with his blood. Now let me talk about that. As I said before, when when Adam fell, creation took a fall. The Bible says that the, the fall of Adam was so bad that it went all the way up to the heavens. It defiled heaven. It defiled the heavens. Notice in Hebrews chapter 9, verse, look at verse uh, 22 and 23. It says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding the blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heaven should be purified. Why should the patterns of the things in the heavens be purified? Because Adam's sin, it, it, it defiled even the heavens. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus had to purify the heavens with his own blood. And so now that we have been purchased by his blood, the blood of Jesus became our ransom. Are you here? Creation took a fall. That means everything on earth was affected by the fall, and nothing on earth could ransom man. There was no redemption. So now, Jesus' blood was the only blood that can ransom mankind. Why? Because number one, Jesus was without spot. He was not born in this world in sin or as a sinner. Jesus, if we, talk, if we notice it, we notice that when a mother's carrying a baby, the blood supply comes from the father. And because the blood supply comes from the father, where did Jesus get his blood? He got it from Almighty God. God supplied him the blood. So when God was manifesting the flesh, he was supplied by the blood of Jesus. Jesus was supplied in the blood by his father. So, he is now pure. He's not tainted. He's without spot. He is a pure sacrifice. That's why his, his sacrifice on the cross became a perfect sacrifice because he was without spot. His blood was not tainted with the sin of man because if it was, he would have needed somebody to come to save him. But because his blood was not tainted with man's sin, yes, what? He. His blood is the answer for everyone today. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. God is good. God is good. 
Amen. Brother Jerry, why don't you say something, sir? I think you're doing a good job, Brother God. But you have to apply the blood. <laughs> yes. You can, uh, work in a soap factory and have soap all over you. But until you put some water in it and apply it, and the Word says, by the washing of the water of the Word. So the blood has to be applied through the Word. Good morning, Mary. And Mary, what, what, what say you, Mary? Um, I, I like that the blood, the blood. I didn't know the blood supply comes from the father and a baby. I didn't know that. So I love that you, when you said, if it got um, God's perfect blood um, was, sorry, Jesus' perfect blood from God came to him because he's the father. So I, I really like that part. And, um, yeah. Amen. Uh, Adam had God's blood created just for him. And Jesus, and so Jesus had to be the other Adam, pure, Mm -hmm. spotless Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Adam did have God's blood. He sure did have God's blood. And so did Jesus in order to be the second Adam. Amen. Well, everybody is right. I have Arlene here from the Philippines. Arlene, would you like to share something? The 
that's a good one. Brother Jerry, I'm going to let you answer this one. Arlene said, if the blood of Jesus is the covering for all sin, is there any sin that the blood cannot cover? It, it says it's a perpetuation, which means it's a continuous. It's a continuing event. It's always fresh. Okay. Did you hear that, Arlene? Like the scapegoat. Like like scape okay. okay. He said the blood of Jesus is a propitiation for all sin, meaning that it's always fresh. Because when man sinned, the blood of Jesus is always constantly cleansing us. So it's always fresh. Is always renewed. Okay, I, I, yeah, yes, okay. <laughs> but uh, in in the gospel of Jesus, in the just in the four gospel, I just I just don't know where is that. Uh, Jesus says that if I do not the, the son of the son of God, he will never sin. But if you try to bless him, bless the Holy Spirit that is the sin that cannot be forgiven. So. blood of Jesus, the question is, can the blood of Jesus yeah. forgive? Can the blood of Jesus, the of Jesus uh, forgive those that blaspheme the Holy Spirit before the shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross of Calvary in the Gospels, compared to now after his death? and his shed blood, yes. can the blood of Jesus, Brother Jerry, uh, uh, atone for, can it cleanse and wash the sins of those who have blasphemed against the Holy Spirit? There's a whole new study there, James. You'll go to that place where Jesus told them, you're in danger when they accuse him of casting out the devil with the devil. He said, you're in danger. But he didn't say they'd done it. Blessing of the Holy Spirit is simply walking out from under the protection of the blood. Now, if you want to get into that, you would have to go to uh, the refuge cities where Abner was told to go after David become king over all. And Abner stepped out of that refuge city boundary, and he was fair game. As long as you stay in the protection of the blood, you're okay. But if you step out from the protection of the blood, and as the word says, uh, make his name, uh, uh, you know, tread, tread his blood. How's that go? And, and uh, you know, was talking about that. You do. Anyway. Okay. Let me explain so, that to Arlene. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In other words, as long as you're in the protection of the blood of Jesus, you can never blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But once you step out of the protection of the blood of Jesus, that's when you're in grave danger. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is a real dangerous position to be in, is what it's saying. Stay in the protection of the blood of Jesus, 
and you'll never have to worry about ever that ever happens. Not have to be concerned if if someone did blaspheme the Holy Spirit, will there be forgiveness? Um, according to the scriptures, no, there is no forgiveness. Because what, what that individual is doing is contributing the work of God to Satan, and God will not ever have that happen. But for those that walk in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit and are under that blood covering, would never ever have to worry about uh, blasphemy and all this. A Christian cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit, uh, James. You have to do it through the heart. The same way you do it, you have to do it through the heart. Say that again, Brother Jerry. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you have to do it through your heart, the same way you got in. Rejecting God's plan. Rejecting God's uh, protection. That guy that preached with Billy Graham actually done that one time. He actually traveled the world with Billy Graham and denied everything, become an atheist, and wrote books. That That's kind of on dangerous ground. But the blood has a voice in the courts of heaven. The blood of Jesus stands up in the courts of heaven. But I'll let you go ahead. You're doing a great job. Okay. So, in order to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, one must do it in their heart. They must blaspheme everything, the death, the burial, the work of Jesus, the Holy Spirit being poured out. That They would have to do that from their heart, okay? And I don't think anybody who really loves God can really develop or, you know, muster up something like that in their heart to do. That means you have to blaspheme everything that is of God is working and not to do that. And so I don't know if you remember Billy Graham. There was a man that traveled with Billy Graham for many years who later became an atheist. And he wrote books, and he pretty much just blasphemed everything about God. And I think he's passed on now, but it didn't end good with him. So back now to what I'm saying about now that we're talking about this, and this is all good, it really opens up. An, uh, 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 it really opens up us to understanding our salvation a whole lot more. That without the blood of Jesus, the Scripture says there is no remission of sins. I don't know if anybody has ever known somebody that had gone through cancer, but they always say the cancer was in remission. Okay. So, the blood of Jesus Christ, there is, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Our sins have been gone. It's gone. Hallelujah. And so, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we acknowledge his blood that he has shed for us, we confess him as Lord, then what happens is he comes in and saves us. James? Yes, sir. When the priest would go in and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, the law was written on the mercy seat. And when he would sprinkle that blood seven times on that mercy seat, that blood would cover the law that you couldn't read it. That was a good example. 
The blood would cover the what? The mercy seat where the law was written. Amen. And so the blood covered it till you couldn't read it. That was a, what you would call a, I don't want to call it a ritual. It's, it's what they'd done. That when they put the blood over the Ark of the Covenant on the mercy seat, that's where the law was written. The Ten Commandments. And the blood covered it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We have so much to be thankful for because the blood of Jesus has been applied over the mercy seat. That's what the high priest will do. But much more than Jesus went into heaven and he appeared in the holy place and heaven, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. Mary, what say you? What are your thoughts, Mary? I was just Googling um, the second Adam. Like, I, I, found, I found that um, I, interesting. You know, I, I'm still learning. I, I never heard that before. But um, What was that you never heard of? What was that? That Jesus was the second Adam. Yes, but he nobody is. Ever said that. Yeah, nobody ever said that to me in um, my, my whole existence. Or I yes. would have researched it, but that's, that's amazing. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll find that. Okay. See, Mary, if there was a first Adam, then there had to be the second Adam. Mm-hmm. And so what the first Adam did not do, Jesus accomplished as the second. Amen. So I think in verse 23... It says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, let me. Let me go ahead and look a little more on that. There's the first Adam. And there's, well, well, I think, you know, we say Adam, but I think over here they say Adam. Am I correct, Adam? Adam. The first Adam. You might want to, yeah, you might want to go ahead and Google it. Yeah, actually, um, yesterday, me, Alefu, her son, Gatacho, and um, this, um, and our, and her friend, we all went downtown to um, spread the evangelize. And actually, one person said, "So is he the second Adam or first Adam?" And I was like, "What? I never heard that before. I never heard it in that term, you know." But now I know. I'm gonna definitely research it <clears throat> and um, well, go make to, sure go that. To Go to verse 45, because I just found it. First okay. Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. I'll read it to you. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, Adam, was made a living soul, but the last Adam, not only just the second Adam, but he was the last. The last Adam was made of quickening spirit. Mm-hmm. 
So there was the first Adam, and then there was the last Adam. That was Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Arlene, do you have any? Do you have another question you would like to ask? Yes. Uh, I have a question, and I just want to add something to what uh, what they were saying that you know the first Adam, the human Adam, Absolutely, yes. The first Adam was a, a physical Adam, the natural Adam, but the second Adam, the, or the last Adam, she's saying, is a spiritual one. So we was, you know, just as Adam, you know, Christ was raised spirit. Uh, what is it? Was was uh, raised a quickening spirit. James, James, James. Read my book. Thank you, Christ. Thank Brother you. Jerry, Brother Jerry, can you talk a little? Can you talk a little louder, sir? I don't know if it's the signal. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. Read my book, Humanity of Christ. I had three visitations on that. The Lord Jesus had to be everything that Adam was. He had a human spirit, and he had a human soul. You can find it when he said, "Thou shalt." David was talking in prophetic, Thou will not leave my soul in hell. You'll find it where that it said, God... your time in the morning and it is four o'clock p.m. here so we have now come to the end of our broadcast and I really like this and um, this is what I want to do I, I, I want this to build and grow to the point where people can call in and as we do a study in the word people can listen and also they can they can partake amen i don't want i just don't want to be the only one talking james you can the holy spirit just gave it to me he said thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin 
And another place it said, Thou shalt see the travail of his soul and the reward of his sufferings and be satisfied. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. One day we're going to get our, uh, uh, Brother Jerry, how can we get Arlene on here? Uh, so she don't have to use a, a messenger. She can just come right on, uh, come right on, um, come right on to uh, church. We can reach 150-some countries, but I don't think we reached the Philipp- got our local number for the Philippines. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, she's admitted. She's admitted now. If you go to the Calling Church website, thecallingchurch.com, and go to international numbers, it'll give you local numbers for countries to call in. But I don't think the Philippines is one of them. Oh, okay. Arlene, he says you would have to go into the callingchurch.com and go to the international numbers. But he said he yeah, has a Thank you. 